Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Talking in John chapter 21, verse 18. The Bible says, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know. By what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, the one who leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, God Has a Plan for You. I want you to get it. Before I even pray, I really, really, really want you to get it this morning. God has a plan for you. With everything going on in the world, and think about all that God has to do. He has to keep the earth just far enough away from the sun so we don't freeze to death. He has to keep it uh, ju- ju- or so we don't burn up. He has to keep it just, ju- just close enough so we don't freeze. He, he keeps the stars. He, he's just doing all these things. He's maintaining the perfect atmospheric pressure and the amount of oxygen in the earth for us to live. He, he, he's, he's keeping the sun up in the sky. He's doing all these things while, while he's overseeing births and deaths and, and, and just huge things. But in the midst of it all, he knows who you are. And he has a very detailed plan for your life. If you'll begin to believe this and let this be part of your thought process, it'll change the way you live. Pray with me. God, thank you for your plan. God, I thank you for allowing us to be here today. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen my mouth, my mind, my body. Give me the words you'd have me to say. God, as we look to your word today, we believe that you are the one who is right, pure, perfect, and holy. And we ask you, God, to be our teacher now in Jesus' name. Amen. So I, I set it up by telling you God has a plan for you. That is not a new concept, but I don't think it's a concept that most people just saturate their mind with. I don't think most people wake up and say, God's got a plan for me today. This day. This very day. A real plan. A detailed plan. He, we, we, we quote these partial scriptures. My, my steps are ordered by the Lord. God goes before me and he's my rear guard. And we, we say all these things, but do we really, really believe and take thought of God has a real plan for you step by step, moment by moment. Now, it's easy to have the right answer to the question if you're paying attention. So let me, let me just ask to see if anybody can figure it out. Why did you end up in this place today? God had a plan for you to be here. 
See, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just in love with God enough to believe everything the Bible says. Let, let, me, let me just take, take you a little further in your mind as you, as you try to open up your consciousness to receive what God wants you to receive today. Why are you sitting on the row that you're sitting on? Because <laughs> they made you? <laughs> Good to see y'all. In church, hallelujah. Um, God has a very detailed plan for your life. Let, let, let me ask you this. Why, um, why, why are some people six foot five while other people are five foot six? It's just, listen, your plan is established by God. And I want you to start going about your life on a mission, understanding. Life, see, we, we've been told that everything's random. We've been told that life is random. We've been told life doesn't make sense. When people befall tragedy, we say, well, you know, it just, it just happens to anybody. Life is just random. I, I want you to understand that is anti-Christian thinking. Life is not random. Life is planned by God. From, from the very creation, we, we see through this, all the scripture, from the very creation to the most minute detail, God planned everything out from the beginning and, and all the way through to how the world is going to end. God has it all planned out. This ought to give you some peace in your mind. This ought to get, see, when I was in the military, the life in the military was very easy for me because I grew up in a very high-discipline home. I grew up in a home where the children's voice meant nothing. I grew up in a home where there was no asking why. Everything was because I said so. There, there, uh, military life was very easy for me because I knew they're going to tell me what to do, and I'm just going to do it. I mean, and everything was so planned out. I don't know about y'all in the military today, um, especially if it's not Army. I don't know anything about you. But, I mean, when I was in, everything was planned. I, I know you remember this, Sergeant Major. Sleeves up or sleeves down? We didn't get to decide how we were going to wear our uniform. We had a standing order. It was sleeves up or sleeve. You had to roll your sleeves up or you had to pull them down. What, what, what uniform you wore of the day, whether you were going to wear your battle dress uniform, your, your class B, class C, whatever they told you. You didn't pick your shoes. You didn't pick your socks. You, uh, everything was planned out. And it kept everybody on target. And I promise you this, if you get up and you take the pressure off yourself and you just begin to believe that this holy God who told us in his word, he's got a plan for your life, that he's detailed it out, you can begin to step in that and say, you know what, I'm going to get on with the getting on. Because here's the reality, whether, whether it is uh, children doing what a good parent tells them to do or soldiers doing what the army tells them to do or people in the kingdom of God telling, doing what God tells them to do. If you will learn in your lifetime that just go ahead and do what God tells you to do, life will get easier. Because here it is good. You're going to do it anyhow. 
You're going, my, my stepfather uh, was not a kind man, and, and, and his speech was not kind. But looking back on my childhood, I see there were some things that he said that were very accurate. How many of y'all know you can be a jerk and still tell the truth? He, he, told, he told me one time, he said, because they made us work so hard. Man, I, I, if, if I told you all the stories about mine and Dina's work life as kids, you would think I was exaggerating. But we literally did everything in, in the house. I don't even know what, what my mom and stepdad were doing. But every Saturday was, was five to ten hours. While everybody else was playing, we were cleaning. I'm not just talking about pretending to dust. I'm talking about picking up every knickknack, dusting the knickknack, dusting under the knickknack, and setting it back exactly where it was, lest you would put it out of place. Um, but so it, it was a lot of that. Uh, and he, he told me one time, he said, Boy, you work harder at getting out of work than it would take you just to do the work. And he was right. Because I would belly ache and moan. I would kick it dust and be mad. I would want to play with my friends. I would, and it, all I had to do was just get it. Because here's the reality. I was going to have to scrub that toilet either way. Like it or lump it. I was going to have to scrub that, that bathtub either way. Like it or lump it. Those dishes were going to get cleaned. That house was going to get vacuumed. Either way, like it or lump it. And I'm going to tell you what, God's got a plan for your life. And if you just start doing what God wants you to do, hear me good, life will be easier. Life will be, you, you will find there is a flow to life when you're doing what God wants you to do. But I came to tell you today, most people never catch that flow. Most people spend the majority of their life, and I'm talking about Christians today. Most people spend the majority of their life swimming upstream against the current, battling with, against what God wants them to do. And, and this is one of the reasons why I believe God doesn't really show us what's coming all the way. He showed Peter, and wow, Peter, P, Peter loved him enough to keep going. I, I know if God showed all of us, Everything we got coming against us, some of us just run hide under the bed. But I want to I talk to you about this, this planned out life. Um, there's a verse. I mean, so many people love it. I know Uncle Ken loves this verse so much. In Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Now, look at what the Word says, because the Word of God is specific, and we need to take it in bite-sized pieces and get it down in our spirit and under understand it. He said, for I know the plans I have for you. Now, if God says he knows the plans that he has for you, guess what he has for you? Absolutely. I want you to start walking around in your life every day. When you get in your car today to leave here, I want you to believe God's got a plan for how this car ride's going to go. And I want you to step into it. Now, I can tell you a couple of things that, that God's plan for your car ride would be. Not that I enjoy them. Not, 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 not that, you know, I, I think they're, they're, they're you know, all, always the, my most favorite thing to do in life. But because God has showed us so much of his plan in his written word, I, I know he told us to obey all the laws of the land. 
So part of God's plan when you get in your car is to put on your what? Oh, so if you don't put on your seatbelt, you're not following God's plan for your life. You, you've, you've got on your schedule. And this is the problem with, with so many of us. We know we should get on God's page, but we get on our page. When you get uh, a little bit of clear space in front of you and you put that heavy foot down on that gas pedal and you see that you're doing 75 in a 65, uh, you're not in God's plan. Oh, well, my speeding friends don't like that now. They're like, come on, it can't be that detailed. Hear me good. It is. It is. So, some of you have been around God long enough. Some of you have been in Christ long enough. And, and you've opened your eyes to the spirituals enough to know that there have been times in your life where a traffic jam slowed you down and saved your life from a wreck you would have been at two miles up the street. Can anybody say amen? amen. This is how God is. But we got to start recognizing it. We've got to start seeing the hand of God in every aspect of our life. Hear me good. The good and the bad. See, we live in a world today where big churches, mega churches, TV churches, large ministries, they, they want to tell everybody that follow Jesus and all life is going to be roses and sunshine. But they're all liars and they're not telling the truth with that foolishness. Because there's hardship in life. There's ups and downs. There's good days, bad days, happy days, and sad days. And if you don't believe that, then, then you're like my foolish preacher friend who was sneezing all over my dash one day telling me he wasn't sick. He said, loose here, devil. I reject that. I'm healed. And, uh, and I'm like, well, let me ask you this. Please, healed brother, quit blowing spit all over my windshield. There are difficulties in life, but hear this. Even your difficult path has been planned out by God. There's a purpose for your process, and there's a reason for where you are. So many people are trying so hard to escape where they are when God just wants you to embrace the place that you are and go ahead and let him do something good in your life in the midst of it. God didn't keep the... Hebrew boys out of the fire. He put them right in it. God didn't keep Daniel out of the lion's den. He put him right in it. God didn't keep Jesus off the cross. He put him right on it. But he strengthened them. And he established them. And he gave them grace for their race and strength for their journey. Because it was their journey. Hear me if you don't hear anything else. God's got a journey for you. It is part of your plan. He said, his plan, he goes on to say, it's not just a plan that I have for you. Now, when God says, I know the plans I have for you, you need to understand, if God makes a point, and he does, to specify that he has a plan for you, there's something that's being inferred there. Somebody else could also have something. Who else might have a plan? We might have a plan. We might have a plan. If God is saying, I got a plan for you, and you're saying, well, I don't like that plan. I, I want to do something different. Who do you think is going to win that fight? God's going to win that. I've heard so many people say, well, pray for my, my, child, my son. He's running from the Lord. I'm thinking, God already told us you can't run from him. Where are you going to run? He's already everywhere you'd run to. 
And it could outrun you if it was a running contest. But we get these plans in our mind. We, 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 we read parts of the Bible, and we, we, we lock on and we quote some stuff. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. We say that like we mean it. And, and, and then God asks us to do something that, that, doesn't, that doesn't tickle our, our funny bone. And we're like, well, not that part. I, I, I'll do so much, but not, not all that. When, when, when God's plan for Jesus was, was the road of suffering, Jesus wasn't, wasn't, wasn't tickled by that. You can read the gospel account of Jesus' prayer to God in the Garden of Gethsemane and understand that much. But he really said it, and he did it when he said, not my will, but yours be done. You need to start believing God has a detailed plan for your life. He laid out every aspect of this universe, and he controls it all from the beginning to the end. He says it's a good plan, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I've looked at that and thought, hmm. See, I, I, I'd love to be one of these people that just like, oh, I just love every word in the Bible, and I agree with all of it, and it just all makes sense to me all the time. But it doesn't. Sometimes I got to find myself when I can't figure it out, faith it out. Sometimes I got to find myself saying, that ah, don't make sense to me, but I believe you anyway. Because when I look at some of my life's journey, and I look at God says, oh, Scott Becker, the plan that I have for you, it's a good plan. Not for disaster. And I'm thinking, hmm. Anybody ever had some bad stuff happen to them? Anybody ever found themselves in a disaster? But here's the thing. God gets to decide what's good and bad. God gets to decide what is a disaster and what is not. And I want you to know, uh, it's an old saying, a TV show, but it's still true. Father knows best. Father knows best. See, we live in a Western culture where we let people pick everything. Um, how, how many of y'all know if, if you got a good father that loves you, he'd pick better for you than you'd pick for yourself? This is one of the things kids don't understand. Kids, in their immaturity, they just automatically, any time the parent tries to put any type of restriction, any type of any rules, any guidelines, any instructional, you hate me, you just don't want me to have any fun. No, they love you more than you love yourself. And they see a bigger picture, and they're trying to give you the best life possible. And I want you to know God loves you more than you love yourself. And he sees a bigger picture than what you see. And if you focus on your problems, you're not going to see your provider who, who made a plan for you. And, and, and it's a plan that it is a good plan. It's not the disaster that it might look like. It's going to work out. It's going to be a future and a hope. Listen to what the Bible says in Job 23, 13. But once he has made his decision, who can change his mind? Stop right there. I always told you, Paul's on the punctuation. It'll help you understand what you're reading. It's, it's talking about God here, and this is a rhetorical question. It, the, the answer is implied. Once God has made his decision, who can change God's mind? The answer is obviously no one, but look at the next sentence and get this down in your spirit. Whatever he wants to do, he does. Oh, man, I've never seen that on a, on a doormat. 
Uh, I saw the last verse on a doormat before. I saw the last verse we talked about on a door knocker before. T-shirts, bumper stickers, uh, art. But I've never seen this verse on any piece of art. But I wish you'd get it down in your spirit. Whatever he wants to do, he does. We used to sing that song in, in the church back in the day. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. I, I want to tell you something. That, that's a good thing to sing because it's going to happen whether you sing it or not. God's going to have his way. Sometimes he, he lets us think that we're making these choices along the way, but really we're being guided and our steps are being ordered to fulfill the plan that he has for us. You need to understand God is large and in charge. Theologians call it sovereign. He does what he wants to do. He takes counsel from no one. He, he's, he's already got his idea and he's not going to change his mind about it. In Psalm 33, 11, the Bible says, but the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. God is so different than the flighty, flaky, flip-flopping, fickle world that we live in. People change their mind about everything. People change their mind about this, that, and the other. But God doesn't change. I, I love it so much. Oh, I can remember when my mom was in nursing. And she spent a career, a lifetime in nursing. And she was always having to take CEs. Somebody holler out, what is CEs? continuing education and they would teach her uh, I don't know if you've been in it long enough LaShawn I don't know if they're teaching nursing a different way now today maybe they do something they I, man they change they change stuff I remember when I learned uh, CPR how many y'all know they've changed CPR four or five times it used to be five to two then it was 15 to one I don't even know what it is now kick them in the chest hope they live what is it now Fifteen to two? What'd you say it was for one person? Thirty to what? You know how tired you'd be pushing up on thirty to two. I told you, kick them in the chest, hope they live. But back to back to the lesson. My mom would talk about how she tired of learning stuff a new way. And the old way worked fine. And they just want to put them through. And my mom was always taking these continuing education classes as a nurse. And I used to tell her, I'm so glad my instruction book's not going to change. God's not going to tell me to do it a different way now than he told anybody to do it a thousand years ago. His intentions can never be shaken. Listen to what God said in Isaiah 46 and 9. Remember the things I have done in the past. Period. Paul's on that puncture. Remember the things I've done in the past. Now, if you've been around for any length of time, you ought to know what I'm thinking in my mind. Why is it important that we remember how God did it in the past? Because he never changes. He's going to do it the same way again. Some, there, there's some things you ought to ask mom and dad about. There's some things you ought to get, in, get, get, get some instruction. The Bible says that wise people seek out and accept instruction. But there's some things you don't have to ask mom and dad about. You already know what they're going to say. You already know you, some of you don't have mom and dad around anymore. But you can still hear if mama was here, 
Oh, she has slapped you in your face. Because you know, how, over a lifetime of observation, how they are. And even people like that, but God never changed. He says, so remember the things I've done in the past. Then I love what this is, for I alone am God. I am God, and there's none like me. Oh, you ought to get that down in your spirit. We are so blessed. We are so blessed if you call yourself a Christian, if you believe that you are saved, born again, child of God, if you believe that heaven is your home for eternity, you need to understand one thing. You're not saved because you woke up one day smart enough and decided that you were going to choose God. The Bible says that he loved us before we loved him. He made choice of us. He elected us. He reached down to us and picked us up and set us on a firm foundation. Oh, to, to, to know this God. Listen, we could have been born in Pakistan and all be following a false God right now. Oh, you ought to be so thankful that God chose you as his very own. You ought to be so thankful. And you, you ought to understand, there's no one like me. Oh, that song swept through churches. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't much listen to them. Modern, yeah, that's this song not modern anymore, but I like older Christian music. But how many of y'all remember hearing that song? There's no God like Jehovah. And they just hit, there's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. And they just hit that so hard. And and let me tell you why that song went over like a hammer. Because it's Bible. There is no God like Jehovah. There is no God like the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you believe that you know him and he, he listens when you talk to him and this Jehovah God, creator of all there is, the one who is God alone, that there's no one like him, if you know that he knows who you are and has a plan for your life, you ought to have a little pep in your step and you ought to have a smile in your face that says, hey, I don't have to understand it all, but I'm along for this journey. I was riding with somebody one time, and we were going somewhere, and I'm like, are we going the right way? They're like, you be re rode here with me five times. You don't remember where? I'm like, when, did, when somebody else driving, I don't pay attention. I ain't no side street driver. I ain't sitting there, you know. Pushing my sister, she'll be pushing the brake, won't she, Diggy Scott? She'll be holding the dashboard like that's gonna keep keep a car off. I ain't, I ain't no side sidecar driver. <laughs> pay attention. Why, 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 why would I pay attention? I'm riding in your car. You know where you're going. I'm just along for the ride. I figure you got it. How much more should we feel that about God? God's got it. Ain't nobody like him. We, we just need to learn to rest in him. Verse 10, he said, only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Then, then listen to this, and we'll move on. Everything I plan will come to pass. Oh, I love this last phrase. I wish you'd put it on your mirror. Write it, on, write it in your margin. Do something. It says, for I do whatever I wish. Now, see, if this was anybody else, I got to check that. I, 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 I just... Y'all don't know, if you weren't in the old military, 
that really brainwashed you? You don't really understand how deep brainwashing goes. This new military carrying stress cards around, you know, them asking you how you feel about stuff. That ain't no real military. Uh, I'm talking about the old military, uh, 80s and earlier military, where, where they just bring, I still hear it almost every week, if not every day. Drill Sergeant Robinson, Fort Dix, New Jersey, March of 1986. This ain't Burger King, boy. You ain't about to have nothing your way. Well, this ain't Burger King. And we sure didn't have nothing our way. Um, <laughs> and you got to understand, and this, this is why this newer generation doesn't embrace God. Do, do y'all know that all the statistical metrics are moving in the wrong direction? More marriages failing than succeeding. More children committing suicide, more people going to jail. More, more, and, and, and listen, don't believe that everybody's going to jail because of the system. Google what Denzel Washington said. Didn't they asked Denzel, did they think the system was rigged to put people like him in jail? He said, they weren't locking none of us up at 5, 6, and 7. He said, but we was all doing stuff that could have got us locked up. Listen, uh, a lot pe people are just living worse now than they've ever lived. Kids doing stuff today, our grandparents wouldn't have dreamed of doing. They would not have even thought about Grandparents got to look at their kids and think, hmm, back in my day, we wouldn't have even thought about talking to a school teacher like that, talking to some, some grown folk like that. Pe people are just getting further and further and further away because there was a time in this earth, and even in this country, where people understood there's authority that needs to be listened to. But that don't really flow too much in today's world of inclusion and equity. The, the world where the 30-year-old the the, the, the millennial want, wants to tell the boss, well, I think I should have a seat at the board head, head of the table because my young perspective is just as valuable. No, it's not. It's really not. You don't have the wisdom. You don't have the experience. You don't have, you don't have the time in. And, uh, and, but, but people in today's culture have, have been so catered to, they, they've been so, uh, I mean, back in my day, if, if a child came home and said, I hate my English class, my teacher's so mean to me, she just hates me, she's not fair to me. Back in my day, parent would have looked at a kid and said, shut up, do your work. Oh, not today. Ooh, don't let Becky come home and say the English teacher was mean to me. Uh, we're going to go get her fired. We're going to cancel her. Karen's going to show up and get, get Miss Jones canceled. Catering to people for so long, pe pe people don't understand that there is someone in charge that does whatever they want to do. Well, when is it my turn? This is just the mindset of people today. Listen, that don't work well in the kingdom. If you just begin to understand, hey, God has a plan for everything. And everything that he plans is going to come to pass. You ought to get on with it. Because you can fight against it if you want to. But there is no winning that battle against the Lord. Let's get into our text. In John 21, 18. Let me, let me get you a backdrop. Jesus is about to leave the planet. And he's telling his disciples uh, what's going on. And he's talking to Peter, 
and uh, you know Peter is is telling him how much he loves him, and you know Peter denied him, and Jesus allows him to tell him that he loves him. And, uh, and then we come to this part in verse eighteen, and Jesus tells Peter, "I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked." Semicolon. Pause on that. See, doing what you like. That, 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 that hammer song stuck in my mind from the Adams family. They do what they want to do, say what they want to say, dance how they want to dance, play how they want to play. That's the world we live in. People want to do what they want to do. Uh, that's the very much a sign of immaturity. That's very much a sign of youthfulness. That's very much a sign of not knowing how to get, in, get uh, uh, properly in alignment in an organization like the kingdom of God. He said, when you were young... You were able to do as you like. You dressed yourself. You went wherever you wanted to go. Then he has this switch, this transition. He says, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus is letting Peter know, oh, man, you owned your own business. You had a partnership with your friends. You're out there being a fisherman. You've been a preacher. You've done miracles, but one day you're going to have to do something you don't want to do. And, and look, look at verse 19. He said, Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Now, like I told you many times, in, in the huge church, in the mega church, where people that don't even love the Lord just sit in church because it's a cool place to be, um, they, they, don't, they don't ever get told that there's a cost to following God. They, 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 just, they just hear every week, God's so proud of you. And, 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 and everybody just pats themselves on the back as the world goes headlong into hell. Jesus is telling Peter, you, you are going to be dragged to the cross and be crucified. This is how you're going to die, boy. You want to see the end of it? You want to know the end of your life? This is how it's going to end. Painful, humiliating, horrible, agonizing death on the cross. <laughs> and then Jesus just throws these two words at him. Jesus has been saying these words from the beginning. He says, follow me. I, I, I want you to hear these two words out of your own mouth. So let's just say these two words together. Let's say this. Follow me. This is what Jesus has been saying. From the, He told Peter this when Peter didn't know there was going to be a huge cost to following him. He told Peter this when Peter was hanging out fishing. He told Peter this when Peter was making money in his business. He said, follow me. And Peter's like, okay. And, 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 and he followed him, and he saw some things. Now, Jesus is now telling him some really tough thing that's going to happen to him. But I want you to know his instruction never changed. Follow me away from that boat that you've been fishing on. Follow me and watch me do great and mighty miracles. Follow me and watch me speak a word and the wind and the ocean calm down. Follow me and see God walking in front of your very eyes. But even still, in the midst of being told, you're going to die on the cross, boy. He still said, follow me. Most people follow for the fishes and the loads. Most people follow for the miracles and the feel good. But what about when there's tough road ahead? He's telling Peter something. And that's why I've told you, God doesn't show most people the end. 
because most people run hide under the bed. If you knew everything your life story was going to be, you, you'd have checked out of this a long time ago. You'd have been like, mm, I don't know if I can buck up to that. Might have to make a detour. He let Peter know the hardest thing that was ever going to happen to him. And he did not change the parameter of the instruction. Whether it was, we're doing something really cool, we're walking on water together, this is amazing, or you're going to die just like I died on a cruel Roman cross in torturous agony. The two words were still the same then and they're still the same now. Follow Jesus. Whether your life is up or down, good days, bad days, happy days or sad days, whether you're going through hell by the acre or whether you're on top of the world right now and life couldn't be any better for you, the call of God is the same. Follow him. Follow him. Hear me good. He knows where he's going. He knows where he's leading you. All we've got to do is follow him. In verse 20, though, and I just love how real the Bible is. The, the, the Bible is not some fanciful storybook that, that, that just shines everybody on. It, it shows the good, the bad, and the ugly. It, 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 it shows life in all of its multifaceted turns. And, and Peter gets real human on him right here. And, and, and it's like, hmm, so what you're telling me is I, I'm going to die on a cross? But that ain't no fun at all. And Peter turned around and he saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved. That's John. John's writing this, so he didn't name himself out of humility, but uh, everybody knew who, who the one that leaned on Jesus' chest during the Lord's Supper and asked the Lord, who will betray you? So Peter has just been given some tough news. And his first inclination is, well, what about your boy? Because they all knew John was the closest one to Jesus. You, you can't read the Gospels without figuring that out. They, G, G, Jesus loved uh, people, but he had an inner circle, and he had he had his ace, and and John was his ace, and Peter's like, oh, you just hit me with this bad news. Well, what about your favorite over here? What you gonna do with him? <laughs> this this is just how the brain works. If if, if you really want to see how it works, have more than one child. Don't have more than one child and tell one of them to do something. Well, what about him? Worried about him for? I told you what to do. What about him? Life's not fair. That ought to make this mandatory teaching in pre-K. I ain't really, I ain't really for tattoos. I don't care if you get one. It don't matter nothing to me. I care less. Uh, people are like, oh, the Bible says thou should not mark thy skin as the heathen do. Yeah, well, eight verses after that, it says you should not wear a fabric. You should not wear a garment of a multi-blended fabric. You with your cotton poly shirt on. Okay, so I mean, get your mind together. But I ain't. I ain't really for it. That just looks ridiculous to me. I ain't. I ain't trying to put nothing on me. Make, make these people face tattooing. You, you've just condemned yourself to a lifetime of stupidity at that point. But anyway. If I was going to go with tattoos, I'd mandate them for, th for three-year-olds. Face tattoos. And here's what it's going to say. Life, I'm going to say how I feel it, ain't fair. I just take all that gas out of them. It's not fair. Look in the mirror, fool. 
That's not fair. I said, look in the mirror, fool. Whatever gave anybody the concept that life was fair? Whatever gave anybody the concept? It's so hilarious to see what's going on in the Olympics right now. The world is hosting the Olympics in the most brutal regime that's ever existed in our lifetime. Modern-day slavery, forced labor camps, genocide, the most egregious civil rights violators in the history or in the current world today, the worst violators of pollution on the planet. Do you know if America stopped producing every carbon uh, gas and cleaned up everything and went totally green, we, because of the amount of pollution that China puts in the earth, it would be like you cleaning up an a ounce of water in a 400-pound septic tank. And we got, we got these violators of all humanity, no social justice at all in China for the Chinese people, a horrible regime. They don't love women. They don't love gay people. They, don't, they, they just brutal on everything. And, and, and we're telling our athletes, oh, well, when you're in America that's not perfect, that, that has some problems, complain, whine, moan, and, and just bellyache about everything. Read, read, read what Nancy Pelosi's telling, telling our athletes in China. Oh, don't dare protest. Don't say anything contrary. Don't speak about any social platform over there be, be, because mm, it's just time to shut up and dribble. We, 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 we got, we got, we got this, this, this China over there that, that, is, that is just brutal to its own people. And we got people complaining about life in America that's not perfect, that's got problems, but this whole concept of fair, it's just not fair. It's just not fair. <laughs> Who told you it was going to be? Play the hand that dealt you. Do the best you can do. Read your Bible, say your prayers, make good choices, get up, do it again tomorrow. You, you can sit around and moan all you want to. Or you can get on with the getting on. Peter said, well, what, what about him? That, that's, that's, that's your boy. That's the one who whispers in your ear. Y'all have all these little private conversations. He, he's the one you got all, all, all buddied up next to you. Then in, then in verse 21, Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? See, this is very human. This is the human experience. This is the human condition. God tells you, your boss tells you, your parent tells you what needs to be done. And you, you automatically want to cast off, well, what about them? I got to do all this? Well, they got to do. What, what difference does it make? Because it's not fair. Oh, if you could just learn life ain't about being fair. Life's about following God in the good and the bad. Because he knows the right way to go. And his plan stands forever. And Jesus hits him with this big reality in verse 22, and I'm done. Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Boom, mic drop. Wow. Wow. Jesus got all these disciples sitting around him. He only tells one of them they're going to be crucified. He only tells one of them 
how horrible the end of life is going to be for them. He just let all the wind out of Peter's sail. And then Peter's grasping for some, some, some comfort. He said, well, what about him? Jesus, like, don't worry about him. Ain't got nothing to do with you. Let me tell you something. There is a broken psychological issue in the human mind that causes you to think if somebody else has got it bad, you're doing better. It's not true. It's not true. And all, all it does is, is it leads into low self-esteem. All it does is lead into whining and moaning. All it does is lead, well, it's just not fair. They've got it better than me. Well, somebody's got it better than them. Well, life's been easy on them. Well, life's been easier on somebody else. Well, life's been hard on me. Well, life's been harder on somebody else. There's this, this constant need for trying try to gauge and grade ourselves by other people. Other people are not our standard. He's trying to gauge himself off of, well, what's going to happen to your boy? He said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? That's none of your business. That's what it is to you. It doesn't change your plan at all. That's what that is to you. Come on, Victor. That's the, it's, it's, not, it's not your concern what God does with other people. But that's not fair. It's not going to be. It's not designed to be. Never was. God's people been through hardship from the beginning. Suffering has been part of our historical existence. Stop looking for what's fair and start getting on what God has for you. Stop worrying about what God, well, why do they get this and this and this and this? And I only got that. Some of y'all can't even be happy for somebody else's success because you're so angry on your lack of success. When if you would learn to do as the hymn writer said, Count your blessing, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. I want you to understand this today before we get out of here. God's been better to us than we deserve. No matter how hard life is, God's still been good to us in the midst of every difficulty. Jesus said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, that's not your concern. And then he tells them the same thing he told them in the beginning of our text. As for you, follow me. See, there's, there's some reasons why certain catchphrases, slogans, colloquialisms stick and they catch. Some of them just evil. But some of them are rooted in truth. So, so, some, some of them uh, just make sense. Some of them have some real solid Bible behind them. I'll give you one before we go. Mind your business. Ain't that good advice? Can't feel it that way? I'll tell you this way. Stay in your lane. You worried about somebody else's lane. Mm, must be nice. So bitter you wouldn't know what nice looked like if it slapped you in the face. You can't be thankful for what you got because you feel like you ought to have more. I promise you this. 
Peter wasn't happy about hearing what he heard. But the same instruction was there. After, after telling Peter how he was going to die, Jesus said, follow me. After, after telling him John might live forever, he said, but you still follow me. I want you to get your mind off of other people. We live in a world that's so confused. We live in a world that has changed. Changed the meaning of words. Invented words to, to try to make people feel better about themselves. Homophobia. Ain't nobody scared of a homo. I've been around a bunch of them. I ain't particularly given to fear anyway. Uh, but homophobia? <laughs> Some dude twitching and switching and sugar in his tank. I'm scared of. Made up word. Equity. Equity. What, what, what is that? The, 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 the amount of value you got in your home? Oh, no. Equity means that we all finished at the finish line at the same time. Let me tell you something for sure. For sure. If me, Deacon Ken, and Alfred get out on this street in a foot race, we ain't all going to finish at the same time. What about equity? Shouldn't we all? No, that ain't Bible. God blessed some people 30, 60, some people 100 fold. God gave some people one, two, five talents, ten talents. Ain't no equity in God's kingdom. You think think Peter felt it was equity? That, That... John going to live long, and he going to die young and, and, and brutal? Stop thinking life's about everybody having the same stuff. It's not. God has a plan for you. Stop being mad at others. Life's hard on everybody. Play the hand that God dealt you. Embrace your place. And get on with what God has for you. Do what he told everybody from the beginning. Follow me. Follow him. Follow him. You got to figure out where he's going and then follow him. I don't know what God's plan for your life is in every aspect, but I know he wants you to follow him. We don't get to pick our journey. I'm going to tell you the truth. Everybody's got a sad song to tell. I put mine up there with the best of them. Y'all, some of y'all are tired of hearing about it. Sometimes I just say it just because just it's, it's, you know, it's, it's laugh about it or cry about it. Broke my neck, broke my back twice and my neck once in the last 12 years. Had a, had a major neck fusion, had a major back surgery. Tore my back up again after that. Got a, thy- got a tumor in my thyroid right now. It's pressing against my throat. 
tumor in the back of my head right now. It's giving me headaches every day. Tomorrow, 20, 25 hours from now, I'll be laying on a hospital table and they're going to crack my skull open. And they're going to dig out basal cell carcinoma out of the top of my head. Leave me with a big old hole in the top of my I told them I might be able to set a Coke can up in there when they get done. I wouldn't have picked none of that as my journey. My head hurts so much every day. Sometimes I never even leave my room. I want to pick that as my journey. But I ain't laying around looking at God saying, it's not fair. God's got a plan for my life. And nobody can stop it. And I came here today to tell you this. God's got a plan for your life. Nobody can stop it. What God has for you is for you. And you need to get on with it. Because the only choice is get on with it or walk around in circles. Think about what the Hebrew people did when God delivered them from the Egyptians. They went on a God said, go out into the desert. Worship me. Offer sacrifice to me. God had an 11-day walk for them. That's a long walk. I ain't trying to walk nowhere for 11 days. But it took them 40 years. Why? Why? Because they walked in circles. They delayed their own progress because they just wouldn't follow God. Some of you have been walking around in circles in life. Not doing what God wants you to do. Follow him. He knows the right way to go. He knows how to avoid the potholes that you don't need to hit. He knows how to let you hit some potholes so you can learn from them. But either way, God's got a plan for your life. You need to follow him. I'm not really excited about this thing tomorrow. They, they told me they're going to keep digging down into my head until they get clean margins. Uh, and they got me scheduled on the operating room for two to four hours. I'm not excited about that. Um, I am thankful I still have hair. I don't know, how, I don't know if they're going to let me have hair after tomorrow. When they took a biopsy of it because, of, you know, they couldn't bandage it up because I got hair. They took a soldering iron and it just, just burnt my head, cauterized the wound, finally got that smell out of my nose, burnt hair and flesh. They're going to be digging down into my head tomorrow, and they're going to pull that soldering iron out when they're done. I ain't looking forward to that either. I don't know how any of this life is going to turn out. But I can tell you this. I will follow him. I wish I could say I'd follow him perfectly, but I'm, I'm not a perfect man. None of us are. It's not that we follow him perfectly. It's we follow him passionately. We follow him with the love that he gives us. And no matter what, the hymn writer said, whatever be tied, 
That's some real old English there. But I can tell you for sure. Not only does it beat the alternative. It's the greatest life there is. We used to sing a song. Said, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Anybody remember what it said next? No turning back. No turning back. Stop turning back. Stop turning to the left, to the right, and just follow him. Stop wishing it was different and embrace your place. Accept the fact that everything he has planned is going to happen. You can't fight it and win. You can only fight it and be frustrated. You're only delaying your arrival into your promise. And I want to see you get there. I don't know how any of this is going to turn out for me. I've never seen so many doctors in all my life. But I know one thing for sure. God knows what he's doing. And I hope that you will make a determination that says no matter what, I'm going to follow him. I have decided to follow Jesus. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your instruction. Thank you, God, for loving us, for choosing us, for saving us, for giving us your spirit. Thank you for giving us your book. Help us, God, to get on with your plan. God, I confess to you today that your plan is right. It's good. It's perfect. And it is established for all eternity. Help us to value what you want for us more than what we want for ourselves. God, I pray for every person in this room. Lord, if they're unsaved, Lord, I pray that you would save them. God, if they, if, if they are saved, Lord, I pray that you'd give them an urgency to follow you more than ever. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for never giving up on us. Thank you for this life you've given us. Help us to live it. To honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at AOCFnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org, Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.